Hello, everyone, and welcome to Video Game Realness, episode 27, serving up your weekly dose of gaming chit-chat among friends. I'm your host, Delvin, and this week, it's just Cameron. Hi! <laughs> He's back! I get the feeling that people don't like me, like, I can't make it to a bunch of you guys have, like, the best episodes ever, and then <laughs> I'm like, I can be here! And everyone's like, no. Everyone's just like, peace out. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I feel loved. No. Um, Greg and uh, both James had, like, things that came up last minute, so... It's unfortunate. It's just me and you, girl. Oh, boy. <laughs> the roomies are at it. <laughs> um, so, as you know, we had for the last month uh, the uh, January Jams, which uh, was a tribute to music and gaming, and we did a contest for episode 25, where, for some unknown reason, we said the words bravely default probably about 6,000 times. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for our Canadian listeners, uh, we have a contest going for any guesses that you tweet us or send us on Facebook. Uh, you can win a $20 eShop card, which you can use towards purchasing bravely default or whatever you like. It doesn't matter. So contest entries are going till February the 7th until midnight of February 7th. So tweet us, Facebook us, and win your chance for a $20 eShop card. Yay! <laughs> so, Cameron, since you've been away for a while... I know. What have you been doing? I've been doing things. Uh, okay, games I've played in like the last, I guess, three weeks since yeah. the last time I was on. Um, I set up uh, GameCube... That's well, right. You yes. Win. I have your memory card, by the oh, way. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Because here's the thing. I went and got, uh, I ordered the Two Towers and Return of the King games mm-hmm. off of Amazon. And I came in so excited. I put it in and I'm like, it's like, memory card not inserted. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> well, they're short games. I could just play through them in one sitting. Uh, yeah. No, not too to- much. Two Towers, it was fine. That's a very short game, and it's not, it's honestly not as good. Uh, but I finished that in around four hours. Return of the King, that one took me a full on day. Like a Saturday when I was supposed to be doing stuff. You sat and played it all day. I sat and played it all day. Cause it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm halfway through it. I could just play another level. I'm like, okay, well now I'm three quarters of the way through it, so I may as well finish it. <laughs> oh. You could have just left the system on. I could have. I really could have. I could have, and then come back. Yeah. But I didn't, so I played through the whole thing. It's kind of funny when you think about that, you know, we had to use memory cards. Exactly. I had to have this tiny little thing. And it's like, why couldn't you just include that? It's a very small thing. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you're thinking, oh, well, having that little stick meant that I could go to a friend's house, plug it in. Go, which we unfortunately found out you can't do with a lot of the current consoles. I know that is very irritating because we we had um, Dungeon Hunter Alliance, yes. which we've been playing at a friend's house, and then he put his PS3 away and doesn't know where it is or whatever. And so we wanted to continue keep playing the game, so we wanted to transfer yeah. the save file over to my PS3. Mm-hmm. That's not quite as easy to do. No, not not at all. If anyone knows an easy way to transfer save files, especially for Dungeon Hunter Alliance, yes. let us know. Because <laughs> we really want to finish that game. It wasn't the greatest game, but we put a lot of hours into that. Yeah, It's fun with... I mean, I think any yeah. multiplayer game is fun with four people. I mean, for fuck's sakes, we played Sacred. Yeah, the most garbage of garbage games, and we loved the hell out of yeah. that. Yeah, we played that game for... A good, like, two months straight. Yeah. 
Where and so me and Cameron used to live together, and we had our friends come over, and we both had Xboxes, and we had it set up in like two rooms because you could only have two people play on yeah. one system, and the max was four players. So we had two people on one TV, two people on another TV, and we would play. And the game was just. It was kind of like an MMO, but on a console. Yeah. But it was so basic. It was super basic. <laughs> it wasn't balanced. It was Not at all. But the characters were fun, and my character that I picked was, was just completely overpowered and unbalanced. He had this move where you can take all the mobs on the screen. On and like, the screen. Yeah. Like the entire, like... Yeah, everything. Yeah, and there would always be, like, hordes of mobs, uh, like, for our, and coming in waves, right? So, you could take, like, your whole, the whole mob, and you'd place this, like, gravity field in the center, and they would all smash into each other, <laughs> and basically, the more people that smashed into each other increased the power, because there was more things smashing yeah. into each other, so basically, the more characters on screen cause everything to just smash into yeah. each other and die instantly. You, you'd have, like, a two-second lag, you'd hear, like, this head crack sound, yes. and then everything was just dead. <laughs> it was quite hilarious. There was something else he had that was overpowered, but I can't remember. But that was the most overpowered. But anyways, I digress. Go continue <laughs> on with your gaming week. Weeks. Plural. Weeks. So, I played a bit of Dragon Age, because we talked about it the last time I was on, and I love that game still. Uh... What else? Oh, I got Sanctum 2 on a Steam sale. It was on sale for like two bucks. It's a first-person shooter tower defense game. And it's okay. sort of... Uh, like, the look of it is a little Mass Effect-y. Like, it's sort of uh, 60s, 80s sci-fi look. Okay. Rather than, you know, the gritty stuff we have now. Yeah, what was with that whole period of, like... It's like wacky, gritty looking games. I, I'm glad we're yeah transitioning. We're, out we're of that. moving into color. We got purples again. So I've been playing that online with my brother, and it's really fun. You've got like four different characters, and you got different turrets, and it's a very neat game. It fits ever on sale again. I recommend just picking it up. Like, so I don't think it's expensive to begin with, but like two bucks, it's very fun. So. Tell me more about this. It's tower defense meets first-person shooter? Yes. Is there so, anything out there right now that's similar to it? Not. It, like, there's other tower defense games that are like it, but I don't know of any that do the first-person shooter with it. So it's like you have your setup time where you set up sort of a maze and you have your different types of towers, like the things that will shoot long range or like the AoEs or the slows. And then you hit your ready and then you just go into first-person mode and you're just... You have shotguns or sniper rifles or, like, lightning guns, and it's... So there's the, still your wave of mobs that come yep. through, and then the towers are basically there to help you kill stuff, and yeah. you're just there to snipe off, I guess, or whatever gun exactly. you choose to yeah. kill other stuff. Yeah, so, like, the strategy my brother and I generally go for, it's, he has uh, his characters get better towers sort of thing, I think. Either that or he's just played longer than me, so he's got better towers. So he focuses on setting up the towers, and I pick the shotgun guy, get all of the health bonuses, and I just stand in the middle and shotgun them while the towers are coming at it. Just pick off the last little straggler. Yeah, exactly. Make it yeah. Through. yeah. Very, very fun game, and at some points it gets very hectic, and it's very exciting. So if you ever get the opportunity and it's on sale again, or heck, just drop... The, I think it's a $10 game. So I is it like an indie game, game that was yeah. released? Yeah. Oh. The uh, first one, Sanctum, I think did really well because of the Yogg's cast. They did some okay. pretty extensive coverage on it, and then... 
the game developers actually made a Yogg's Cast DLC for them. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So it's it's a very neat game. Go support it. Awesome stuff. Uh, other things, of course, we're playing Guild Wars still. Yes. <laughs> the That marionette event that is happening right now is very fun. Yes, actually, so we were, um, just Friday night, we were mm-hmm. playing the uh, Marionette uh, DLC, and there was something else that was coming, that came out with that DLC. Yeah, the some other Jungle mod. Worms. I haven't actually done that one yet. Okay. I think we need to do that one next. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, go on and talk yeah. about that. <laughs> it's, it's, some of their other world events have been a little hit or miss in terms of difficulty scaling. Some of them, like Tequadal, at least on our server, could not do Tequadal. It was really difficult. <laughs> and then there's been other ones like the Queen's Jubilee, where everything is just like a massive bro wave of easy. Yeah. To screw up the uh, economy of the game. But this one is great. Uh, it's a phased world event boss where you've got sort of five lanes that you have to defend. And then periodically each lane opens up and they can go fight sort of the boss. Yeah. So, the waves of mobs would come, and uh, basically you had to like hold the defense down mm-hmm. so it wouldn't make it through this portal. And if you stopped the wave enough, I didn't know, but basically caused that transition. Yeah, I don't know. That part, I, we, I don't think we really I think it out. I think it just goes like, lane one goes first, and once lane one goes through and shuts it down on the inside, then lane two opens. Okay, so it just yeah. went in turns? Yeah, okay. that's what it seemed like. Okay. Well, yeah, so then what, now, the... Part where you actually go through the portal is insane. I didn't know what was going on. I did it a few times on my own during off-peak hours, and once there's less insane, like less people in there, it makes a lot more sense. It's much easier. So you had to dodge her like sword that like she swipes across the screen. It, well, she actually comes in and she just steps on you. Oh, she's just walking through. She's a bitch. <laughs> So this giant marionette bitch is walking around stomping on you while you're trying to kill these five different bosses. Because once you go through the portal, you end up split up onto five platforms. You beat the boss that's staying on the platform. You break the... I don't know. You're trying to break the chains. Yeah. Because basically the marionette is on chains. And the idea is that you're trying to break the chains that she's being suspended by to just make her fall and crash, I guess. And then the lose condition for it is, is if enough things get through the portals that you're trying to defend, then it powers up this laser that's going to shoot her, making her self-destruct and kill everyone in the zone. Because it's, uh, the story goes, it's less of this thing is trying to get up and operational and stomp on a city because, well, it's in the middle of a mountain. Yeah. It's not going to do anything. It's such an odd location. It's, it's meant to be a testing phase. Oh. So she's testing it, and I guess the next phase is going to be she's going to wind up attacking, like, Lion's Arch or something. Oh, okay. So, so it's a very cool event. I am having a lot of fun with it. So we might be seeing this marionette again, basically. <laughs> marionette part two. She has a nice ass, though. <laughs> I've never... <laughs> it's I mean, so fierce. You gotta look way up, because she's gigantic. <laughs> well, no, when you get on the... Um, uh, on the upper on the second part. part, you're, like, basically, like, eye level with her butt in your face when she's like jumping around but anyways um my gaming week has been very entertaining and quite Mm -hmm. fun i finally found an xbox one we got more shipments in uh so that allowed me to finally play the game that i've been wanting to play for so long 17 (laughs) years for the sequel Uh. killer instinct um it was it was actually um listening to game buoy podcast that made me 
push me over the hill, essentially, in wanting to get it. And then I had extra money. So I was like, okay, well, win-win. And I did think about getting a PS4, but I literally would have nothing to play on it. Yeah, until stuff actually starts coming out, there's just... Yeah. Like, I don't play Knack, so... Yeah, like, I definitely want one, but the stuff that's out right now just is of no interest to me right now. So, to that. And so, Killer Instinct is a very good game. Like, I had major doubts where this Mm -hmm. game is concerned. I... It wasn't being made by Rare, which was the original developer yeah. for the game. Um, it was being made by Double Helix, which doesn't have a good reputation mm-hmm. for making games. I mean, what did they make? Was it Silent Hill or, or something they made that didn't go well with people? Yeah. I think it was Silent Hill, wasn't it? Was it? I, I, that sounds right. Okay. Like they made, was it Silent Hill 3 or 4? One of them was like the, ooh. Ooh, girl. We're done with Silent Hill now, right? Yeah. <laughs> that, that's what I want to so they did a really good job. They did a good job of making uh, the the old elements of the game that feel familiar and the combo system. Like no other game really has the type of combo system that Killer Instinct has. What's different about it? Um, it has a very uh, uh, formula to it. Like you have an opening move, and then mm-hmm. it follows up with an auto double, which is basically automatic hits that it does. And right. then you do another move to link it together, and then you do another move, okay. and then you finish it off. Right. So it's like a like a recipe. Bait. Yeah. Cool. As opposed to just with other fighting games, where doing a string of hits in a sequence will do a combo yeah. of some sort. This one is has automatic elements to it, right? Such as like when you do an ultra combo, you're just pressing one move, but then it does a whole sequence of hits for right. you. So it, it has that element to it. They did a really good job of keeping those elements, but then bringing it into the changes that have been made in fighting games for today's gaming world. Um, the graphics are really good. Good. Yeah, they look great. Yeah, I, I everything about the game. So far, has been really good. Awesome. The one huge piss-off that I have Uh is the online. And the reason being is that uh, when you're playing online, a lot of people are disconnecting when when they lose. They rage quit, basically. So you win, and you do your ultra to finish them off or whatever. And Or just before the match is over, they'll disconnect. Which causes you to uh, get a penalty for disconnecting because what happens is when someone disconnects both oh. people get penalized for disconnecting oh shit and then you don't get the loss the person who um the person who disconnected they get a loss but you don't but you don't get your win so Ooh, it's been that's... very it's been extremely difficult with trying to you know climb the ladder because every time you're like about to so basically what happens is, as well is it goes in different ranks. And when you're about to rank up, it comes on the screen when the match starts that, oh, this person is about to go up in rank. And those are the matches where people will always disconnect. Because they're like, no, I don't want you to rank up. Fuck you. And they disconnect. Oh, I, that seems like a bad de- like design decision. It Just, gets worse. Oh, no. It gets worse. Oh, no. So they made a patch... So the patch just came out on mm-hmm. Friday. Uh, Spinal came out 
and uh, they came out with some classic costumes for Glacius and some uh, a Saber Wolf. Mm -hmm. So Spinal, really good character. Um, again, they did a good job of like keeping a lot of his original elements and then you know making them new. Um, so one of the things they implemented for the online was a jail system. If you disconnect, you mm -hmm. get put into jail, and you only play with other people who disconnect. Okay. So all the rage quitters would be basically forced to play with each other. You get penalized for 24 hours, mm -hmm. and um, after that, then you can play with regular people again. And then if you disconnect again, you get auto-penalized again, because it's based on your disconnect percentage. Right. So if you have more than 15% disconnects, then you get put back into jail. So after coming out of jail, you can still be put back again yeah. if you are repeated. Here's the problem. When you play against someone and they disconnect, you get penalized with a disconnect as well. So what does this cause? It causes you both to go to jail. <laughs> See, this would all be easily fixed because they clearly have something to tell who was the one who disconnected because that person gets the loss. Why not just make it so the person who didn't disconnect, nothing bad happens. I know, that it's would make so sense. But apparently from mm. what I've been reading online is that they have no way of really telling who disconnected. But that is... Mm. I, I, don't, I don't know if I buy that. No. It's, especially with Xbox Live. It's a yeah, that thing is watching you, it knows. Yeah, like it's a pretty... There's ways in which they can tell if you disconnected, if they really wanted to. The frustrating thing was I'm playing yesterday, okay, and mm -hmm. I don't disconnect. No. But my disconnect percentage is high because other people are disconnecting when I'm playing. So... I, after the patch, I was playing, and the very first match where someone disconnected, I got put into jail. Because my disconnect percentage was high, I got thrown into jail as well. And I was like, well, this is bullshit. I was so pissed. That's upsetting. Yeah, because it's like, well, I'm being punished for something that I hate, and I'm being thrown in the bunch. So basically, it's happening to everyone, right? Because it's... Everyone's you have that many people disconnecting? Everybody. Yeah. yeah. I know. So it's really super frustrating right now. They, Double Helix is aware of it. They are obviously working on fixing it or probably just putting it back to the way it was until they can right. do something because that system cannot continue no. because it's it's infuriating. No, like it is. You're being punished for something you didn't yeah. do. Come I'm on. usually pretty forgiving with developers having like unforeseen things happen because of, but not in a game like this where their main toting feature is the online and yeah. they're trying to create their own exactly. chunk in esports. You make sure that is fixed. Yeah. Worry about your balance of characters later. <laughs> yeah, make sure the yeah. online is yeah. working and then, you know, balance characters as, as needed. But yeah. I mean, oh Jesus. It, oh, it was just infuriating beyond all belief that's so bad. um but in general having an xbox one it's it feels kind of weird a little weird <laughs> because and i only say it's weird because i, I haven't played my 360 in i don't years. even know how long I, what was the last game i played on my 360 because most of the games that came out on 360 i play on ps3 yeah um, you know, my 360 was mo mostly my Halo box. Yeah. <laughs> and my Gears of War box. It was the only games I really played on that. And, oh, I played 
uh, Blue Dragon when it first came out. That, that, that was, was a while ago. That was a long, that while. Was a long, yeah, long time. That's ago. the 360 that I have. I have the OG 360. Damn. Like it doesn't even have HDMI. Yours <laughs> like, never, yours never ring, red ringed. No, that's impressive. You I know. Sell that on eBay. <laughs> the one <laughs> original Xbox that's yeah. in red ring. It, it's yeah. I know. It's a miracle that it <laughs> still works. Um, it did not, uh, red ring. I think you have to play it a lot in order for it to red ring. I didn't play it that much. (laughs) But, so, having, um, uh, Xbox, uh, again, is, is interesting. Um, it, the, talking to it and, you know, saying Xbox power on and Xbox watch TV. It'll probably hear me and probably start turning <laughs> on the TV. But anyway, um, it, it's, it's definitely a really good console. It ba- the operating system is basically Windows 8. Right. And it so it very much feels like a computer. Cool. Um, the TV functionality with the guides and stuff, I don't really think works in uh, Canada as it does in the U.S. Right. For, like, the stuff that we saw where you could be like, Xbox watch prices right or whatever the case is. It doesn't do that for Canada, at least not yet. I'm sure Rogers ain't on board with it yet. Exactly. But they do have a Rogers something on there, (laughs) but it's not quite fully implemented. I think they will because I I remember with 360 they had something with Rogers going on there, but whatever. Um, One of the games that I actually do want to play is Mm -hmm. um, the uh, Halo Assault, which is like the top-down shooter. Did you ever see this? I didn't even no. know this game existed. I was looking. Say, is that an older game? Or no? I, no, I, I'm thinking the I'm thinking the uh, RTS. Never mind. No, I, I think this is new because I think it just it came out on Xbox One and then now it, they released it on 360 oh. a couple weeks ago. I could be wrong. I think I remember reading that somewhere. But it's like a top down shooter, mm-hmm. kind of like um, I don't know what I would compare it to. But you're basically like little Master Chiefs. It's multiplayer, and you go on like a top down and like do objectives and stuff like that. Is it closer to, like, a bullet storm, like, dual stick shooter? Like, lots of stuff happening? Or is it more strategic, like... Uh, I think it's more it. strategic. It's okay. not, like, just lots of shits everywhere. Right. It's basically, like, think of um, a campaign mode of, of any Halo game. Right. But in a top-down, yeah. and you can just see everything, and it's at a different angle. Cool. It, it looks really cool, and I definitely want to try that. But I only have two controllers, so... Oh. It's meant for four, and I'm sorry, I'm not rich and can't afford four controllers yeah. yet. They're 60 bucks a pop. Ain't nobody got money for that. Uh-uh. Um, in terms of other games I've been playing, um, I, I have come to the realization that I am addicted to playing League of Legends, and I can't stop oh, no. playing. I tried. I um, uninstalled it, and I didn't play for a full week. Uh-huh. And, and then I reinstalled it and started playing again. So yeah, I'm I'm a complete addict. I, I don't know why I continue to torture myself with playing this game continually. It, it, I don't... I, I am obviously getting some kind of enjoyment out of it. But at the same time, I get so infuriated and angry when playing the game because people are so stupid. Oh, stupid people. And I just wish that, you know, there was some way that... To get across the objectives of the game and the point of the game, and then people would just be happier in general. Like, everyone would be happy. If you would just play the game in the way that you're supposed to fucking play the game. Just go to the objectives, kill the towers, 
Don't chase people. Don't chase. Stop it. If you if, look, look, people playing Big Legend. If you're past their second tower, you're gone too far. Don't. It's not worth it because you're dead. Yeah, <laughs> you're dead. Case. I'll give you a perfect example. Last night I'm playing. Um, I'm playing uh, Sona. Bot lane, mm-hmm. obviously. Where else do you play Sona? <laughs> I'm sorry. Is there, is, is there another the mid? You can play Sona <laughs> mid now? Well, no, not no. Really. <laughs> but you could if you wanted to. Um, okay, so I forget who the jungler was. Um, oh, some Gregus. Someone decided to play Gregus jungle. He comes to gank bot lane, mm-hmm. and I think Vane was the ADC who was on the other team. Uh, she managed to get away. She tumbled away. She had, like, a slither of life. Yeah. And he tower-dived the first to see if she can get him. And he didn't. And so he keeps chasing all the way uh, up to, like, the second tower. And he then he dies and was like, what? Why didn't you follow? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I will say thank you. I got some good tower damage off while you're being an idiot, but no, like, no. Why would I chase? It's not worth. And this was in the beginning of the game. Okay, so yeah. it's like, who cares? Like, let them go. No. Let's kill the tower. There's no one there now. Like, <sighs> anyways, yeah. <laughs> I just can't even. I can't even deal yeah. anymore. I got the email saying we're going to take your account name away because you haven't played in a long time unless you sign in within. I didn't. It was over it. Yeah. <laughs> I've got Smite. I've got uh, the special edition Valentine's Day Chunga. I skin. know. I have to download oh, that. I haven't you downloaded need to it just yet. Just at least sign in so you can buy it. Uh, it's it's cute. It's like red and pink. It's got hearts everywhere. But the best part is your rabbit, who's normally this feisty little British guy, turns into a chocolate bunny <laughs> that sounds like Barry White. <laughs> And it even if you buy the voice pack for her, all of your commands turn into the world tag lane. It is hilarious. And like one of the things, like one of the voice commands is no problem. And that turns into what this it's like, ain't no thing but a chicken wang. And it's just like Oh my god. It is it is magical. So I need to download this immediately, yes. is what you're saying. It's a cheap skin, it's like only two hundred gems, so Oh, yeah. Probably have that leftover from other things, so... Maybe. I don't even know. I'd probably spend all my money. Probably. Probably. I wouldn't toss another $30 at it. I don't want to know how much money I've given that game. Between that and Mass Effect. Well, I know I spent the $30 for all the characters. Yeah. Um, Are they still doing that promotion? Oh, yeah. Yep. Still there. And now you get, like, 49 characters we're on. God, I wish... 50th is coming out next week. Um, and then, of course, the game is officially releasing uh, next month. Yes. So we're going to have a special episode with that. Um, and uh, I've lost my train of thought with what I was going to say. But anyways. Yeah. Um, we Sorry are... about League of Legends. My God. <laughs> that is a hard thing to quit. Uh, I, I'll figure it out. It's your World of Warcraft. Again, I, I I think I, I think what it is though is that I I feel the need to play something on my computer mm-hmm. sometimes because when I'm playing on console, I you know it's just it's just that one experience. And when I'm on my computer, I always like to multitask. Yeah, I'm usually always watching something. So then if I'm watching something, I obviously want to be doing something else right. at the same time, and then. I don't want to start up Final Fantasy again because then I have to pay for it and then... Oh, your subscription ran out? Oh, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I canceled that like months ago. Yeah. <laughs> and then 
I, I, I would play Guild Wars, but then I like I don't know what I'm doing or I can't remember what I need to do and I'm I just wait till you guys come on. <laughs> so then I just fall back on League of Legends. Maybe I just need to find some other computer games to play. Smite. <laughs> I do play Smite sometimes and then if you're looking for something to just play while you're watching for something, just Smite Arena Mode. It's yeah. It's not completely brainless. Like, there's still strategy. And, oh, my God, this is another thing. If people start chasing kills, because you chase the kill to their base, they respawn in two seconds. Yeah. And they're going to be there. I kill the minions. <laughs> but it, it's... That has become my main mode in it, because it's so stress-relieving. Because it's 20 minutes going, yeah. 5v5 team fights all the time. Yeah. Yeah, the Conquest mode, that one is a lot more in-depth. And yeah, and it's, it's very good, but... It's also where you will get the angry people, as because it is that mode. But you know what, though, I, as someone who plays too much League of Legends, <laughs> um, the the uh, multiplayer experience in Smite is way better than mm-hmm. League of Legends. Like you don't, and I think a large part of that is because you can't communicate with the other team. Yes, that eliminates so much anger and aggression because I feel that like what causes a lot of like you know, anger for people on mm-hmm. your own team is when other people on the other team start chirping them yeah. for losing or dying stupidly or whatever, you know? And mm-hmm. most likely, most times people on your own team won't say anything if you die stupidly because whatever. But of course, the other team will just be like, oh, you fucking suck, noob. Lo-. Yeah. Like, just, and that just causes a downward spiral. So I think having that removed totally remove, like, it just... Elevates it like twenty yeah. percent automatically just For by sure. not having that. So, I, I think that League of Legends should. Now they did put in the option to turn it to off, it. but but it's it still has this thing where I find whenever you know that they can talk back at you, it those people feel more real. Whereas in like Smite, where they can't talk to you. They don't feel like real people. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't feel compelled to be like, oh, I got to make sure I do this so that the other team doesn't think I'm terrible. Yeah. You're just worried about your own team. Exactly. And that's really all that's supposed to matter in yeah. a type of game like that. You don't need to communicate with the other you team really at all. And I just wish that League of Legends would just remove yeah. that. Yeah. There's absolutely no reason for you to yeah. talk to the other team. The only positive ever. thing with talk to the other team is like somebody made a good play. You say nice play, but you can just whisper them and do that. When does that ever happen? Exactly. When like, that's when the only that time ever, it ever and it never happens. So nobody yeah. ever th- or congratulates anyone on a nice play ever. I will say I did do that once. Uh, it was a mode of the day that was just ridiculous and it was everyone was Poseidon and the one guy playing Poseidon went all movement speed items so he was just running around in circles. So through the whole thing I'm just like I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> you are the greatest thing ever. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, well that concludes my gaming week. It was a good gaming week. Yeah. There's and a lot like, going on. Yours was one week and it was jam-packed. Mine was like three weeks and like I barely got through these things. <laughs> oh my goodness.
So this month for Video Game Realness and in the months to come, uh, we're going to take a look at uh, the big coming games for the month of February. And at the start of each month, we'll look at what's coming out each month. Uh-huh. For the month of February, there is quite a bit of games that are coming out. It's weird. It's like it's Christmas season or something. I know. Because generally, the big releases come they come kind of in waves. They're kind yeah. of March, usually, mm-hmm. to hit those end of year, quarter, yeah. financial, fiscal years, whatever. And then you have normally maybe something around E3. Maybe. 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 And then come September is when like That's everything when starts to come yeah. again. But February, there's uh, quite a few games on the horizon. Uh-huh. And March, too. But we're going to take a look at just February um, uh, for this episode. So, Fable Anniversary Edition is coming to 360. I'm excited! I love the original Fable. It was so good. Yeah. So, this one is basically a re-updo of Mm -hmm. the first Fable. And is coming, of course, only to 360 because it was only on original Xbox. Yeah. So... It was on PC as well, but that wasn't until they came out with the expansion, so... We'll see. It might come to PC. It was an expansion for Fable? Uh, Yeah. Well, it was less an expansion, more after the first... I don't remember when it came out, but they had, like, the lost chapters, and that became the definitive... Like, you would just get that game. Okay. They stopped selling the original sort of thing. Okay. And it was just a very, very good game. It wasn't wasn't quite... uh, Whenever it was first being sold, because it was Peter Molyneux, he was selling it up like this amazing thing. It wasn't what he wanted it to be, Mm -hmm. but it was still very fun. Way better than the sequels. <laughs> well, I did play... Uh, well, okay. Was it Fable 2? or was Fable it 2 was okay. Fable 3 was gar- like a hot mess of garbage. I can't remember which one it was that we all bought. Because I was like... I, when three, I had a playing 360 mm-hmm. for the most part. And I, I think I was pretty sure it was Fable 2. But anyway, um, I, I tried playing it and I was like, I don't get this game. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, I don't get it. <laughs> and you know what's really funny? So my boyfriend, um, not a gamer by mm-hmm. any means, more so now because he's dating me. Yeah, but, it kind of happens by osmosis. Yes, but still very much a mild gamer and before me, like, not at all. Yeah. Fable, completely addicted to and played <laughs> for hours on end. I was like... What? Like, <laughs> when he told me this, I was like, but this is like, I don't want to like classify it as, you know, a hardcore. No, it's just below. But like, yeah. You know, it's not something you would expect a casual gamer yeah. to pick up and just dump hours into. Yeah. I can understand once they actually start playing it where they would, where a casual gamer, because it it's an RPG that is quite casual or that has more of a casual. Atmosphere, as opposed to like the regular JRPGs, mm-hmm. and now the North American RPGs. Yes. I'm gonna do an episode on that one day. The comparison, yes, and how why we... I hate one and absolutely love the others, and the why episode. some people, yep. are the complete opposite. Exactly. Oh my god, new episode coming soon. <laughs> um, so in the of course, uh, bravely default is coming out. Uh, that one's coming out February eighth. Uh, I forgot. I meant to put down the release dates for when they were coming. Oh, uh, whatever. Whatever. Google it, bitches. Google it. Oh my god. <laughs> So yeah, Bravely Default is uh, Square Enix's soiree going back to old school mm-hmm. uh, with your four character basic, well, not basic, but um, <laughs> to be honest, it's it's pretty much called super basic. <laughs> I, I say it every time, but now 
for the, uh, for those who may not know by now, of course, the, there is a demo out for it, and I have been playing it. That, mm-hmm. I meant to include that actually in my now playing, um, but it is it is a really good game, and it is have that old school feel of playing, um, you know, the original Final Fantasy yeah. games. But they also, you know, have added some elements, like they've added questing elements into it. Uh, this right. is just in the demo. I don't know that the actual game may be right. like this, but they have added like questing elements to it so that you can kind of know where you are in the in the game and in the story. Because a lot of the times with the traditional Final Fantasies, you know, if you pick the game up after like not playing it for a week, you might be like, where was what I supposed to go? Oh, right. It's Final Fantasy 13. It's all just one long corridor. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> No, I think it's great that people are excited about this game because it's pretty much bringing back a genre that had not been itself in a while. Yes. It doesn't interest me in the slightest. Cool. Like, old school JRPG is like the definition of, uh, oh, no, I can't. <laughs> but I'm really excited that people are excited for it, so go have fun, guys. <laughs> go be, get it, girl. Be super basic. <laughs> Uh, Lightning Returns, Final <laughs> Fantasy XIII, also a big release coming out for th- both 360 and PS3. Yeah. Also with a demo out right now. So this is a, a fairly hefty Square Enix month. Yeah. Um, and uh, so Lightning Returns is in a similar style to, if people say Majora's Mask, because it has a timeline in which you play and mm. you have to go back in time and stuff oh. like that. Uh, so you, oh, that's why it's called Lightning Returns, because she returns in time, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, right, this game is just Lightning Plays Dress Up. Based off the promotional material, it's just her in different fun yeah. outfits. So, I'm like, so, all right, whatever. Basically, your party is all Lightning. And really? Yeah. You, oh, God. <laughs> it's, your party is Lightning, Lightning, and Lightning, but they're different, different. roles. Okay. So, there's Lightning the Black Mage, Lightning right. the Paladin, Lightning the Warrior, whatever the case is. Huh. So, she has different uh, styles, and I haven't played the demo, but from what I understand, um, is that you you have like a like you shift battle stances, mm-hmm. and your battle stances are your different roles. So, right. you can start off with your warrior play that out, then switch to your mage while your warrior recharges, and you can flip between them as you need to in terms of the battle system. Right. Um, And then, so it's not like just a button masher, and it's apparently there's more skill involved in it this time. Less pressing X. And L1 sometimes. X and L1. Sometimes. Like, but I, like I said about that game before, I was watching you play it. I was like, oh, this looks great. And then I tried it myself. I'm like, I have been two hours into this, and I have not pressed a second button. Yeah. Oh. It was a cinematic experience. It was very cinematic. And go Square Enix for still making great cinematics. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, Lightning Returns coming out this month. So that is a big release coming. Um, next up, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. So this game, of course... For Wii U, mm-hmm. um, Retro Studios, big game that they announced yep. at E3. James is very excited about it. Yeah. Again, I'm not, but <laughs> super. I'm really happy that people are excited about a game that, you know, it's, it's Donkey Kong hasn't had the greatest rung in the past while, all that no. jungle beat bullshit. Well, I, a lot of people did like uh, those games. Okay. And they were interesting and different, but... They were different, very true. They weren't in the traditional style that people were used to. So I think for that, it may have alienated some people from the series for a while. Um, But this one is going back to its original roots, Mm -hmm. um, sort of like the um, 
basically got a sequel to Donkey Kong Country uh, Returns yeah. uh, that they did for the th- uh, 3DS, which was out on Wii. Sorry, it was out on Wii, and then they did a right. 3DS remake, which was a bit easier, mm-hmm. and then now this one. So Retro Studios has pretty much only been working on Donkey Kong for the past, yeah. like... I don't know how long. Y'all better be making Metroid, because if you're not, I'm going to be really pissed (laughs) if I don't get a Metroid game on the Wii U. Just saying. Um, But this game was originally planned for December, and they pushed it to February. They say maybe because it wasn't ready. I think because they realized we don't have anything coming out at all. They're having another drought, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. I, I don't know why they're... Well, I know why they're having these issues. They don't have third parties to pick up the slack right now, so they're they're all alone in the world. But no, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is a, a, a good game. Um, I don't know that it's going to be a system seller, though. Not at all. There's no chance. Yeah. Like, no, it'll, for the people who have it already, it'll be a for sure pickup. Yes. And it'll be great. I'm sure this game is awesome. But Donkey Kong, and a title that long, to be honest. Whenever, <laughs> I, I, I actually mean this in an actual way, like... You've got Donkey Kong Country, which is, in itself, you've got the main character and you've got, like, sort of the descriptor for the game. And then on top of that, you've got your colon, Tropical Freeze. Mm-hmm. It's not something that people are like, ooh, wow. That's There's a reason why a lot of games just tap the number two on a sequel. Halo. Which, as much as we Halo like to... Sh- yeah, <laughs> as much as we like to shit on it, it tells you exactly what this is going to be. It's going to be a sequel of that game you liked, mm-hmm. without having to have this long title. Tropical Freeze, not a strong name. Yeah. And I don't even know how much elements of... Freeze or Tropical are going to Yeah, it's also, it's also a ridiculous name. It's like yeah. on the level of Bravely Default for this don't make sense. <laughs> I don't even think it's going to have that many elements, but I could be wrong yeah. and uh, I'll hope eat my good. words. <laughs> I hope it's good. I, I've been wrong before in the past. Oh so. yeah, we've all been super wrong <laughs> yeah. about a lot of things on this podcast. So that's okay. Um, Tales of Symphonia Chronicles coming out for PS3. Um, so that one is a redo of Symphonia. That's um, not the one we played, right? We did. No, that we played Vesperia. So right. This is uh, Symphonia. Well, Symphonia Chronicles. So there was two Tales of Symphonia. Mm-hmm. There's a, the GameCube one, and then there was the one that came out on Wii. Oh. I want to say. So this one is a is a uh, both of them together um, on one. That one coming out for PS3 again. Sorry, don't know the release date because yep, I didn't write it down because I'm basic. <laughs> and. Thief. Um, so this is a big release coming, yes. and it is for our PS4, PS3, 360, and Xbox One. Yeah. Um, it's a reimagining of an older series that I think the last game that came out for it was early 2000s. Uh, it had really not done well. At, it was more of a cult classic kind of thing. Uh, it looks interesting. They've been teasing it for years now. So I haven't been following it extensively but I've watched some of the trailers and stuff and it looks really exciting and I'll probably pick it up. The twenty fifth, so I've got some time to work through Fable first and then yeah. <laughs> and then I'll get to Thief. Well I'm definitely gonna pick that one up as a rental, so Yeah, because it's on Xbox One, so might as well. Exactly. Well I could play it on PS3 or <laughs> LOL three sixty. La 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 I think it's on PC as well. So oh. I'll pro- that's probably where I'm going to get it. Because it is first person, so I do prefer those games on yeah, PC. Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2 coming out for PS3 and 360. No idea if that's just a remake or a new game or whatever. <laughs> Castlevania is confusing to me. Yeah, because there's there there's uh, the 3DS uh, ones, mm-hmm. and then there was uh, one of the, the 3DS ones that they remade and 
put on Xbox or yeah. the one that Greg was talking about the other week. So I was just all confused in terms of yeah. which game this is, but there is another hits coming out, um, and that one's towards the end of the month. And then the last game. Why are we still? Why is this game still a topic? Why is this game <laughs> even still like I know, happening? I, it's been out on everything. I thought it was. I thought. Mm-hmm. Rayman Legends. Rayman Legends. Uh, it's making its way onto the Xbox One uh, and PS4 because uh, because really why not? It's at this point at this point it's on everything except 3DS, which I feel is a for sure thing easy thing to put it on. Like, well, I don't know it's so much easy. Sorry, easy to put on and then have it sell. I don't know how the coding is. It's yeah, but whatever. But when you think of like. This, the the audience of this game. Well, that. And, oh. But the audience for Rayman and the audience of the 3DS. Why this game is not on 3DS, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like, the people who own a 3DS are all younger people who would really enjoy Rayman or the people who just can't get over what they were playing when they were 12. So, and then Rayman was out a long time ago. <laughs> so, this is perfect. It hits the nostalgia. <laughs> L-M-G, L-O-L, L-O-L-O-L. Um, but yeah, so that one is coming out, and uh, I'm sure it'll be lovely. And I just don't, I really just don't understand why they're not doing a 3DS release. That just seems so weird It probably me. will be in a year. Let's, let's not count them yeah. out. They put it out on everything, they're probably just They'll make the definitive time. edition of <laughs> Rayman Legends. Fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know, we always throw shade at this game. It's just sometimes one of those things that is just unavoidable. on to the news items of the week. News. Um, so Elder Scrolls, as we've talked about, mm-hmm. requires a subscription. We talked about that um, a couple weeks ago. You weren't here. Yeah, no. Um, My feelings on that, I'll still probably get it and play until the subscription that they give you runs up, but I'm not going to pay monthly. I don't need that right now. I, that's not the <laughs> business model that I'm into these days, and unless the game is absolutely fantastic, which I... I'm sure it'll be okay, but I'm very sure it's not going to be fantastic. I'm not, I'm not paying every month <laughs> for a $60 game that also has a cash shop in it. Yeah. And is also doing a ridiculous pre-order uh, collector's edition mm-hmm. in which you can play as a race that isn't available otherwise. Only if you get the, like... Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of... Yeah, because there's... In Elder Scrolls, there's, as far as I know, always been, or as far back as I've ever played, ten races... In the Elder Scrolls Online, there's nine, with the tenth being sort of the NPC, sort of villain, sort of just guys who are getting fucked over by everyone. But now if you get the Collector's Edition and spend an absurd amount of money, you can play as the Imperials and play on any faction you want. So... Interesting. Yeah. Interesting yeah. approach. I, I, I've, in the past, been like, I would like to see Collector's Editions have... Something exclusive in game, 
where as opposed to just always having like an art book and a little statue. Yeah. I thought it was a neat idea. Then when Mass Effect did it and had the whole extra character that was originally only for the collector's edition, and I saw how poorly that was implemented, I haven't been on board with that sort of thing. Like, if you're going to let people have, like, a special sword or something, that's fine. But yeah. having full-on content, like an entire Yeah, to exclude available. content from people who may not just be able to afford... Yeah. I mean, let's just... Not, like, those are expensive things. Yes, video games are not cheap. They okay? are, no. So, to exclude people from a certain element in the game for simple financial reasons... Yeah. And not only that, again, this game costs... Full on $60. And the monthly fee. Yep. So... Jesus, like, what more do you want here? That's a lot I think they're asking for. Yeah. I'm sure they'll put the Imperials in their wonderful cash st- shop at some point, but that just further exasperates my issue with why do you have all of these different ways of getting money off people? Just make a damn good game and people will buy it. It's Elder Scrolls. It's that, Elder Scrolls. Yeah. You could have gone with the Guild Wars payment model of pay once and girl, that is it. And people would have probably been on board. And the outfits. Because it's Elder Scrolls. Oh my God. The, the outfits. outfits. Right? As we discovered with Guild Wars, that it's pay to look pretty. Yep. So they could have they could have went with that new that new pay model for people who yep. want to be vain and spend like twenty dollars on an outfit. Cameron, shut up, <laughs> shut up. It was two outfits, two outfits for two characters, twenty dollars. God damn it. But no, I think that's. I mean, if you make the content that is good and and or make outfits and stuff that are appealing, I mm-hmm. think people will buy it. Yep. And this. This sometimes puts a, a, a negative taste in people's mouth with the way they're approaching Elder Scrolls. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but of course, there are people who are still going to yeah. bu- buy and play it no matter what. Um, but it's turning off some people. It's uh, turning off a lot of people. A lot of the anytime you see a video on Elder Scrolls, there are the, the majority of comments are this looks great or this looks okay, but I'm not paying that much for mm-hmm. this. Side note. The trailers that they are releasing for this game. <laughs> I still need to oh, watch the trailer. Oh my god. Oh my god. So, like a year ago, they had about a four minute long, very good action trailer. And then they had the continuation of it come out this week, eight minutes long. It is like Blizzard Square Enix level of amazing cutscene. Even if you've never seen a game or played Elder Scrolls or know anything about this, I would watch those two trailers because they are just fantastic. Very well animated. Now, will I understand what's going on in the trailer if I have never played an Elder Scrolls game? Because I was kind yeah, of... Yeah, probably, because it doesn't really... Nothing in it, aside from the races that are in it, really says, this is Elder Scrolls. It's There's no dialogue. It's just okay. action, and it's awesome action. Oh, okay. All right. I thought it was like... I always think of, like, no. it was a trailer something like, wow, or, like, Arthas no. is there. And no. I'm like, who the fuck's Arthas? Or, like, no. something of that level. Yeah, that's the other thing I want to say is that it actually sets up the story of what's going to happen quite well. I, I, ne- I haven't paid attention to what the story was going to be, but now I know, oh, it's this guy, and this is happening, and they're going to this place. Okay. Not a single word is said in these trailers. Oh. There's no voiceover, there's none of the characters speak, there's no text on screen, they just show it through the action. So, very good storytelling, I would oh, say. Good job on that. Um, but, uh, so, Elder Scrolls um, is going to be required on Xbox Live, but not for PlayStation Plus, interestingly mm-hmm. enough. Yeah, there was talk about this a while ago, uh, because it was rumored 
that this was going to be the case, where you would essentially be paying twice if you're going to play on the yeah. Xbox. Now it's definitely happening, and oh my god. Yeah. I don't think anyone's going to play on Xbox, except for, like, really rich people, and... I mean, Xbox Live is $60. Yes, and it's very good. I'm glad Xbox Live is a thing. But for something... Like, if I'm just going to play this on Xbox Live... You shouldn't have uh, to require it. I mean, I mean, but... I will say this, though. In the way that they've designed Xbox One, Mm -hmm. you pretty much just... You require that. Yeah. Like, unless you're playing only single-player games, like... And, and, I mean, 360 is pretty much yeah. the same, but just in the way that they've designed um, Xbox One, it's so designed around Xbox Live, mm-hmm. you, you pretty yeah. much require it. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're buying the four, uh, the $500 system, you might as well factor in that $60 yeah. annually. Which, to me, again, is it's fine simply based off what we saw happen between Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 with PlayStation's online was terrible. It mm-hmm. was unreliable it got hacked mm-hmm. let's not forget that it got oh, yeah. hacked everyone's forgiven that yeah. they're over it whereas xbox 360 yes you're paying for it but it was fairly reliable i very rarely had issues granted i do live in a canadian city as opposed to like somewhere out in i don't mm-hmm. know a submarine was that something that happened during e3 yes. remember that yes that a submarine <laughs> so whenever they said that oh you gotta play for playstation plus now it's like great you'll have better servers i'm excited but if I've also got to be playing, paying $15 for an MMO that I'm going to be paying $60 a no. Yeah. Nope, just play it on PC. It'll be better. You'll have more buttons to click. You know, when you really think about it, um, you okay, so you buy Xbox One. Uh, it's $500. And, and for the most part, they're losing money on that console. Mm-hmm. But Xbox Live, I mean, yep. is... For, it's Microsoft for one. Mm-hmm. It's an established service. It's yep. not costing them very much money no, anymore. It's not working off existing infrastructure. Yeah, like it's at this point, it, Xbox Live is just a it's cash just, cow. At this point, go. like it's not costing yeah. them any money. Sixty dollars times what? Mm, mm-hmm. You're gonna have the system for probably at least minimum of four years. Yep. There you go. They just made an extra two hundred and forty dollars off. Yeah, of and they also get a, a a portion of everything that's sold off of their online yeah. store anything you download so there you go so when you think about it I mean they have a really good business model going <laughs> where okay we're gonna lose money on the system but this Xbox Live thing that we got going we're gonna just like make yeah. the money back tenfold like no mm-hmm. no problem so but anyway um Elder Scrolls um I'm still so conflicted but I won't I'll probably get it, it to try it it is coming on PC though isn't it yeah oh yeah so you can play it on PC. You can avoid, of course, the necessity of um, uh, Xbox Live. Mm-hmm. Now, do you know this? In terms of the servers, mm-hmm. Xbox Live probably still is separate servers. I don't know. I actually... I meant to look that up, but I have no idea. Google it, bitches. I'm thinking, though, that it probably is. Just because generally they've had separate servers for everything that they mm-hmm. do. I can see the PlayStation and PC ones being linked and you can play with people together like they have with Final Fantasy 14, right. Xbox Live, which again, I if it is that it is like mm-hmm. that, um, you know, you're going to be playing with a much smaller pool of people. Yeah. Which will almost make the game Unenjoyable if there's not that many people playing because yeah. there's so many barriers right now. I mean, there's not that many 
people with an Xbox One at this point, mm-hmm. right? And you need Xbox Lives in order to play. Plus, you have to pay the monthly subscription, plus buy the game. That's a lot of entry into playing Elder Scrolls on Xbox One. And then if you only have a small, limited amount of people, well, you're better off playing on PC. And if PC links with PlayStation 4... Yeah. We'll see. (sighs) We'll see. I definitely will be interested to see what happens with that. (laughs) Um, A new Ouya console. Who (laughs) knows? With more space, more memory, and a matte finish new controller uh, was released, um, or is coming out, um, and it is $130. Um, Definitely interesting to see that they are still going forward with Ouya and and keeping it a thing. Um, I still don't know what the appeal is for Ouya. It was people who were really excited about, oh my god, I could play my ROMs on my comp- on my TV. Oh my god, this is amazing. It's not like S-Video cables existed already. I'm gonna buy this thing and put money at the Kickstarter. It'll be exciting. Oh no, it's shit. The controller's terrible and wait, I could have just done this the whole time. What a terrible decision. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I, I I feel like there's this there's this, uh, Base trying to come in. Let's like with the Mad yeah. Cats. Um, <laughs> Mad Cats. Oh, God. I can't wait to see people break those within the first 20 minutes. I, I just don't know. And there was... Uh, I forget what the other... You know, I don't even know what you call these consoles. Micro consoles? Yeah. Right. Um, it, I don't know what the... <laughs> <laughs> what the whole purpose is or what, yeah. who they're aiming for, who's your target audience. No, I think they missed the boat on this. This needed to happen right as mobile gaming on your phone yes. is getting big. Because now at the point, phones are just as powerful as like... And Ouya. tablets. And the tablets, exactly. You know, so that's... And they can it. do more. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, the price point is right, though. I mean, for, well, yeah. $99, the original Ouya. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is definitely a more... Yeah acceptable price point um so it's good for that but i think it, uh, and they're definitely trying to get more like exclusive content for ouya and i think it yeah. will grow into something maybe more but right now i know i mean a lot of people have bought ouyas and then they're just selling them because it's like it seemed like a cool idea, but yeah, there's it's, just... It's not doing as well as it did at the very beginning. And the reason why, in my opinion, and I've talked about this before, is because it's very much a bunch of developers who are working on it and people who just want to make the system. Mm-hmm. They don't have any sort of marketing people or back office people who can focus on how to get this out there. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of pissing Well, yeah. there was the whole outlash with the contest that they had which we won't get into again but I mean that just shows you like an idea they they don't have somebody there or a group of people who are there thinking about that and thinking about whether this is a good idea or not because you can shit on marketing people all you want I know I don't and I am one they're there for a reason yeah so anyways um, EA uh, for their Q3 uh, quarterly results uh, announced that uh, they had lost 308 million (laughs) dollars Um, and the reason why I <laughs> wanted to address this is no one is 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 screaming or, or saying that you know it's the end of EA because they've lost all these millions of dollars. Much like Nintendo, who has said they've lost millions, and right. 
in the past, of course, you know, Nintendo has posted many profits and, you know, they have had this bad year, obviously. Um, but yeah, EA has lost money and no one's... <laughs> I think it's less about... The thing is with EA is that you still can see something on the horizon as well as this was sort of... They didn't have a great year, but this was the one that was really bad, as far as I know. Nintendo, on the other hand, have been having a bad, a full-on bad year that they themselves, like they said, were going to sell this many consoles. By the next quarter, they cut that number down by a third, and they still, by the end of the year, didn't even make half of that. And whenever you have that, that's going to be picked up by people like Bloomberg, and you're going to see that news spread. And once that news spreads into the like sort of everyday people mm-hmm. then you've got the backlash on the video gamers who are now like oh god they're talking about our thing let's attack that. yeah so that, that's why the ea thing is because le- nobody's in the financial world is really caring about that because it's that's like a, oh it's ea whatever it, it, it's a it's definitely a loss but it's not a story whereas nintendo's failure for the year was definitely a story yeah I just found it interesting. It, that, it's, <laughs> it's, it's definitely a double standard that winds up happening, and I will say I'm definitely on the one side, because I'm even talking right now. I'm like, yeah, that's a big loss. I don't really care. The Nintendo loss still is just like... <sighs> see, but, see, here's the thing with me and the Nintendo loss, is that you know they've had multiple years past where they were posting billions of dollars in profits. Right. You know, so for them to have this... This is... Like I think it was last year they lost money as well because of the development costs and R and D for Wii U. So I mean that, that's understandable. That's why last year no one was talking about those losses because they're expected. Yeah. Whereas this year was supposed to be a big year for them. And yeah. Most certainly. Was I guess that makes sense if you, when you look at it that way, it's like okay, they were supposed to have this big year, um, and it didn't happen. Yeah. Now there were some good things that did happen. Um, you know, new super Mario brothers, U shipped 3.89 million. Um, and mm-hmm. 3d world is almost at 2 million. Um, the 2ds, which only came out in October has, uh, sold 2.1 million, uh, mm-hmm. units and animal crossing has sold 7.38 million. So, um, these numbers all coming out from Nintendo's financial yeah. briefing that happened. And so they did have good things that did happen. Yeah, and um, I would say, out of everything that happened last year, these four things are definitely the greatest things that came out of Nintendo. I didn't and like Pokemon. So- <laughs> yeah, Pokemon. But really, let's attribute the 2DS sales to solely Pokemon. Yeah, it came out at the same time. I don't doubt that ninety percent of the people who like that two point one million bought Pokemon with it. So. Probably. So I, I say those two are, are entwined. Super Mario Brothers U, I hated that game, <laughs> but it was it was what people needed. They needed a Nintendo uh, Mario game quite quickly. I thought it was really just a reskin of the game that they've been yeah. selling for the past five years, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, it deserved those sales. 3D World was a fantastic game. Another game, again, I didn't like, but I could see why it's great. Yeah. I'm glad that game did well. And Animal Crossing, again, I never played it, but a freaking fantastic game. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that that did as well as it did. Yeah. Um, so, uh, there was a rumor that, that was going around that, like, going back and forth, like, it's like a fucking ping pong match with this rumor. (laughs) So, Nintendo was planning smartphone minigames in order to promote software through, uh, and trailers and minigames in, in, in an effort to 
promote Nintendo hardware or games, and then it was later debunked by Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then later on, when the financial briefing came out, then they did they come s- out and say that they wanted to entice new customers through smartphones and licensing characters through third parties. Yeah. So it's like, you. the rumor came out, and then they said, no, 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 we're not... We're not we're not doing anything on smartphones, but then they said they didn't want to entice people through smartphones. So I think there was some loss yeah. in translation. What likely happened here is that rumor was quite specific in that this is what's, what people are saying is going to happen. That's not their plan. This line about them wanting to entice people through smartphones, they very much worded it in a way that they're saying how well smartphones are doing in terms of gaming. They're selling more smartphones than there are consoles mm-hmm. by far. Obviously. So... This is probably a line that they've been sitting on since knowing that their financial briefing was going to be bad, mm-hmm. and they were saving this as the this is sort of the platitudes that you send out afterwards. Any company will do this when they have a bad year or mm-hmm. month or whatever. They'll say things like what they're saying. This is nothing new. They don't commit to anything. They just say smartphones are doing well. It would be silly not to look at our options yes. for it. That it, it's it's platitudes. It's. That's just throwing it out there. Exactly. Let people know that yeah, they're it, thinking about it. It's just speech that you say whenever you're having bad things. Look, we're looking to the future and everything will be okay. This thing is doing great. Let's put our name beside it. So we'll see what actually happens. Because they've had a rocky history with smartphone games. Just as we just went through, it's back and forth as to whether or not they do it. They've said in the past they want to do something similar, then immediately said, no, we're no, not, we're not doing, doing this. I think what I think what what causes the issue with that is that when people heard Nintendo and smartphones, people immediately was like, oh, Nintendo's going to start putting Mario, mm-hmm. like, full Mario games Which I don't think they will do. And if anything, I think a great opportunity is games that are their sort of second to third tier properties, like Fire Emblem. I'm not saying that those are bad games, mm-hmm. but in terms of games that people know about, I think Fire Emblem is a great opportunity. I still to don't think they into- would. I don't think they not win. especially with the success that the last one had on DS. True. Like honestly, Fire Emblem has had such an upswing from the last yeah, one. Yeah, that I w- yeah, you're right. I, I take that back. I would say if they didn't have that big upswing, then it would have been good. Other games though that they've had, like some of their old stuff, like the assist trophies that you see in Super Smash Bros. Like that tier of characters. Yeah. Those are the ones that are, I still don't see them. I I really think Nintendo is so stubborn that they will do everything possible, mm. everything possible yeah. to make their systems successful, um, then go that route of going third party mm-hmm. or going on smartphones. Yeah. They will exhaust every resource possible to make the Wii U successful. And I think at this point, they're just going to try to sustain with what yeah. they have because right now they obviously are not ready to just push out whatever next system that they're working no. on. Um, and, uh, yep. It's unfortunate. I, I, their whole Wii U system and everything that's happened since I've been so far off board with Yeah, that as much as I want to see them succeed, I don't think I would care at this point if they ended up going this Sega route, which they're not even close. Because as they said, they've had profitable years before, Absolutely. but they rather, and this is another thing that is a bit of a iffy thing, rather than taking that money and putting in something 
making a fantastic new game instead releasing a year of fucking Luigi, <laughs> they hoard that money for a bad time, which is smart, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, you could have used that money to make yeah. Skyward Sword less meh. Less Vaseline looking. Yeah. But give the- Zelda a better dress. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the things, um, you know, with Nintendo that, you know, I think as we move more in towards now 2014, mm-hmm. Nintendo's lack of moving into the future becomes more evident yeah. in how they are starting to lag behind, yeah. you know? I think with the Wii, that was their time to really push forward and to really um, catch up, and they yeah, didn't. they really didn't. Because, I mean, they still stayed in the standard definition. Mm-hmm. Um, they got away with that. They got away with not having to endure the brunt of HD development as all other mm-hmm. developers went through. So, you know everyone's over that hump now yeah. and they're now going through th- yeah. these growing pains of now embracing online, embracing exactly. HD, online. all this stuff that they should have done Already. way back, in my opinion with GameCube they should have got that they had the infrastructure there for it it was an add-on but it was an add-on for PS2 as well at the mm. start um, so I think that was the time that they should have embraced these things instead of just being like, no. Yeah. Because of that attitude that they had of like not wanting to go there and still want to do something different. Now, don't get me wrong. Them doing something different has worked for them before in the past. They came out with the DS with, you know, when they originally said that we're going to have three systems, it's going to be our third pillar. Mm -hmm. And people were like, system with two touchscreens and a... and this is crazy. This is crazy. And it became like better selling than Game Boy itself. Yeah. Right? And then they came out with the Wii. Which and is, what is this? You have to move around. And I'm still like, why do you have to move around? But it did really well. Exactly. <laughs> and that has worked for them. And I think that they thought they could do it again and come out with this different idea. And it didn't work. Mm-hmm. That happens with any business, yeah. really. They took a big risk with it in terms of it being like a full-fledged system, but they kind of had to because if they if they half-assed it and, and made Wii U a just an HD console and then the controller as a peripheral, yeah. It, if it was that the Wii U was successful, which I think it probably would have been not embracing the tablet as much now, but when you were looking at it from a development standpoint, if it was an add-on, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have been as successful. No, no one would have bought no it. No one would have bought it. it is very expensive. That that tablet is pretty much the most expensive part of that. And when people aren't getting it, developers aren't going to actually develop Exactly. It. Think of yeah. the um, um, the expansion pack for the N64. Yeah. The Kinect. Um, um, PlayStation Move. These yeah. are all add-ons that... May or may not be good, but they weren't as heavily developed for, and, and developers didn't put the effort into mm-hmm. really utilizing it because not everyone's going to have it. So yeah. they went with that risk yeah. of putting it there so that it can be used, but then they it didn't 
pan out yeah. into anything of substance. Yeah, because in the end, they ended up market. They didn't market it quite well enough, and we're seeing it now with well, their with their advertising being like, "This is a whole new experience." Because people just looked at the tablet and thought, "Oh, so it's just a tablet peripheral for my Wii. Mm-hmm. I don't need that." So exactly. they ended up hitting the problem anyway because yes, they didn't advertise exactly. it well. So, oh well. But with them moving forward, they they're so now they're looking into. Um, they mentioned work. They're um, they're working on non wearable health monitoring technology. Again, it's I I feel like that was something that they were holding on to until after the briefing because it's it's sort of like hey way remember, out of my field yeah remember how our most successful things have been we fit and we sports ooh allude to that possibly yeah. moving with you <laughs> but we're not going to make any commitments yet yeah so it's like <laughs> it, it's uh, yeah. this it, I know it's just really funny that they mentioned that yeah. um, <laughs> it's weird. Um, one of the other things that was um, mentioned was an on-demand service that they are um, working on, mm-hmm. which is going to tie to their Nintendo Network IDs. So recently, they just went through merging the Nintendo Network IDs to work with um, Wii U and, and 3DS. 3DS yeah. Now, this is something that PlayStation has had for their Vita and PS3. The for whole reason why the PS Vita exists. Yeah. You know, this is another example of... This is something that should have been from the get-go, and you're now only doing it and now embracing it. See, this is... Like, this is Nintendo going through that growing pain Mm -hmm. that everyone went through with PS3, Xbox, and during that time period. They're now going through that growing pain of changing things, and then by the next system, it'll... This is just that yeah. bad period. This this right here, this on-demand service and the merging of the two, it, this is this was a Wii U selling point. It should have been out last day one, the year before last. It, it should have been now day one. Yeah. It should have been a, a, a service where I can play virtual console games on both my Wii U and my 3DS mm-hmm. and only pay once. These two systems are not working together, and they should be. They should be. They could be. They should be working together a lot more. Hello, the 3DS is already a dual-screen experience. Why can't I use my 3DS as a controller on the Wii U? Why? Why are they not making... You have so many people that have 3DSs. Pretty much, I can guarantee you... I'd say 90% of the people that have a Wii U have a 3DS. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would be as bold to say ninety yeah. percent. So why are you not embracing these two technologies more? You know, it, it, we obviously know they like to do it. They since, since the GameCube and Game Boy Advance days of the linking of the two for games. Yeah, oh god! And now, <laughs> now they have a system to just do it wirelessly, and the 3DSs are selling like crazy, and they're not embracing that. So it's like, ah, come on, people. Anyway. Um, so this on-demand service is not much was said, but uh, you know there's speculation as to what it might be. You know, it might be something like a, a Netflix kind of for Nintendo games, basically. Yeah. What was the limit though as to which? I thought it was only DS games that they were starting with, or did I? Well, DS games are coming out for the Wii U Virtual Console. That was something. Oh, that's separate. That's something separate, um, but. That's kind of what people are looking to, or thinking that it might be. Mm-hmm. Like, an, you know, I want to play whatever. I could just pay a subscription fee, and I can just 
play the whole Nintendo library. Yeah. Now, that would be fucking awesome. That would be. Like, why not go for that market who enjoyed all of your Nintendo games yeah. and now have it on an on-demand service for only your system? And then have, like, the premium version where, oh, look, now you get access to GameCube games. God. Yeah, oh there's God. there's limitless possibilities with that, but it really i I don't know how much confidence I have in Nintendo really doing it in the way that we would expect yeah. it to be done. Yeah. Especially when right now it's like ten dollars to play an old <laughs> NES game. Is that how much they go for on Virtual Console? There's the NES games are five. Oh, um, okay. Super Nintendo ones are eight. Uh, and then uh, N64 ones are 10, but they haven't had any N64 ones on uh, Wii U Virtual Console yet. Right. Um, which, anyway, not getting <laughs> anyway. into that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that would be interesting to see what they do with that on-demand service. Um, but yeah, I mean, Nintendo's history in online, I mean, a game like Smash Brothers, where mm. that should have been the best online since any game ever, yeah. it was the worst online Horrible. ever could be playing with somebody who lives two doors down and you are lagging yep and and just what was it one thing you could play two minute matches and that yeah. was it i was like what is this what is this nintendo come on but i really think that now they are i think that they are starting to really realize um, that they need to start changing things because they did mention that they're considering mergers and acquisitions as an option, um, you know, maybe acquiring some smaller development companies to work only for Nintendo, some indie developers. Um, yeah. They have been embracing indie a lot because yep. they have a whole indie sale that's happening right now on uh, Wii U. And um, that they want, they also said that they want to abandon old assumptions about their business yep. and change the way they do things. Again, third time I'm saying this, this is stuff that they've been waiting to say this since long ago. They were in anticipation for their crappy financial results. Right. They're not, they're all just saying mergers and acquisitions are great. We should abandon old processes. They're not saying anything that we didn't right. Right know. It's, it's, I would hope that they are seriously considering abandoning some of their, because some yeah. of the things that Nintendo does and thinks... Like, the whole non-embracing of online. They yeah. really need oh, yeah, to shake sure. that. Like, These are all good things that they should do. Yes. But it's not any... Like, they're not committing to anything. It's all things that every company will say at this point in their exactly. financial structure. So, yeah. But I really do hope that that is what they're planning to yeah. really embrace the way console gaming is moving. Just... just by Sega. They really want you to. You, you see how they keep just like rubbing Sonic up against your leg? That means it likes you. Just take it. <laughs> they should really consider that, honestly. And and it's... Nintendo, I mean, obviously they have kind of alienated themselves away from third parties. And the only way they're really going to get them back is to, you know, make that system that mm-hmm. is competes on the same level as the other yeah. two main consoles. And I, I still don't think Nintendo really wants to go that route of no. just, like, going straight head-to-head with those. Yeah, because let's be honest, the last time that they really did that was GameCube, and for all that, we love the GameCube, like, best console ever. It didn't do great. No. But it had great third-party support. Mm-hmm. But it's still... It's still it still was not... It wasn't... Sorry, it wasn't as much. Yeah. yeah. It, like, it still had its differences, like the disc size, which was... 
it, silly. It, you know, it, it was silly. It alienated some third parties. Yeah. Right? So it's still... But EA was all over their dick back then. I will say, I look back and think about all the games that oh. I loved on GameCube. They were all EA games. Yeah. It's like, oh. EA. God, this is a time when these two companies were good friends, and I loved everything they did, and now they're both dicks. That was probably their best relationship with yeah. um, EA. I mean, they didn't really have any presence in the N64 days. They no. pretty much... I mean, pretty much everyone abandoned them in the N64 days. Um... <laughs> We they had games, but they were more so of like the fitness appeal. Yeah, um, yeah. The GameCube was like their time when they really released games on the GameCube. Mm-hmm. So sad that it was like it didn't sell as much as it did. Yeah, because it, it was like p- more powerful than the PlayStation Two and had better games than the Xbox. It, it was because it looked like a lunchbox. I guess. Yeah, it really. Now, if it, oh, no, it's not even so much that it would just look the way it did. Purple. Yeah, purple. I love purple. Purple's my favorite color, but I know why. I know lots of people don't like purple, and none. The purple alienated a lot of people. Hmm. If it was just a black console or a white console, well, white wasn't a big thing then, not until Apple made white cool again. Yeah. But but black, if it was just a simple black console, I I really think it would have appealed differently. Yeah. But anyways, I, um... Other things that were mentioned um, were that, of course, DS games on Wii Virtual oh, Console. Yeah. There it is. And um, Mario Kart 8 um, is coming out globally in May. So cool. the next big release for the Wii U won't be until May. They, re- they don't have anything, at least announced yet. No. I'm sure a Ninja Direct will come out next week. And we'll probably announce and solidify some more release dates. Maybe they might tease at some things that are coming out. But honestly, I don't think that there it will be anything after Donkey Kong. So yeah. that means March, April will be drought. Yeah. Unfortunately. Speaking of Nintendo Direct, can we get Reggie Fizami to do the, the <laughs> English ones? Because I am so sick of hearing Iwata go like, I Stop it! <laughs> Is this what can this be one of your old business practices you can get rid of? Like, well, no, they can they can keep him in Japan. Yeah, oh yes, for sure. Because like I'm sure he's very charismatic in his own language, but the poor guy. I mean, he's, he's having difficulties, and we're having difficulties understanding you. Take a look. They, ah! they need to get the the hot guy from right. the, from uh, Treehouse. What's his name? I need to go. Doesn't back Doesn't matter. And, just look. Doesn't him. matter. Just yeah, just look at his face. But anyways. No. Um, there is a lot of um, uh, rumors, actually, um, surrounding what Nintendo's next console is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of assumptions are that it is going to be, as I predicted way back <laughs> on episode uh, whatever it was when we talked about microconsoles, mm-hmm. that it will be a hybrid of some sort yep. where the home and portable will be either one console or be they will have a more synergistic energy between the yep. both yep Take this is what nintendo needs to do yep they dominate in the portable space mm-hmm. and they do very well in that they now need to make a console that pretty much is portable and home so it needs to have basically, you know, only one library of games mm-hmm. because at this point now Nintendo is just the only one developing the big stuff for their right. consoles. 
And to have to spread development across two systems is incredibly difficult mm-hmm. to sustain both. Yeah, we'll see how Super Smash Bros. actually makes it through that development, because that's got to be difficult for those people. Yeah. See how so, that turns out. And all the things that they're doing... Um, you know, is really pointing in that direction mm-hmm. of them testing the waters and how this works. Super like you Smash said, Brothers. Smash Brothers yeah. is a very perfect example of how they're trying to make a game on home and console almost the same, but different in their separate aspects. They merge the hardware departments mm-hmm. for right. console and portable used to be separate. Yeah. They're yes. now one. Um, they linked the two IDs for, well, I mean, that was something that needed to be done, but it's still showing transition between them moving in that direction of them only having one console. And if you really think about it, if they just had the one console to focus on, think of all the games that would be coming in a constant flow. Like, when if you merge the... Um, release dates for 3DS and Wii U... It's not as bad as it has seemed. Not even bad. Not it's even amazing. It if you put those two together and then you look at it on a timeline mm-hmm. in terms of all the games that come out over one year, like if you took the two 3DS and Wii U for just last year, you would have had so many games to play mm-hmm. for your one console. Yeah. You're, you would have had Pokemon and then you would have had 3D World and then you would have had Link Between Worlds, mm-hmm. all on one console, and then going into this year, um, now we don't have Kirby, but I mean, in Japan they have Kirby coming out. Kirby oh. Triple Deluxe came out on 3DS, mm. which has been selling like crazy. Oh, good for them. So, that could have been like, you know, a home game. Mm-hmm. And then you have Bravely Default coming out this month, and then next month is Yoshi's uh, next Island or whatever coming Yoshi out. Yoshi's Story slash Island slash Sonic's in it. Yeah. No, no, no. You're getting a... Oh, right. Sorry. sorry. See, just take Sonic so I can stop worrying about this. <laughs> I think it would be great if they could do this, but they really have to... Again, if they do this, they have to make sure the portable part of it is 100% working because that is the dump, bread and the, butter. Yeah, it's the market that they currently just dominate. And if they can take that market and then add to it the people who might want to get in but really also want a home console, mm-hmm. then I think it could work. If they miss the boat and don't make the portable work as well as the 3DS does now, mm-hmm. then it will wind up with what happened with the 3DS at the very beginning where people are just like, I'm just going to stick with the 2DS, okay, guys? Yeah. So it's it's a dangerous thing, but you know, maybe I, they can make it work. They have made portable work Portable is their bitch, right? Yes. So, but I think they have the potential to really make it work. Yeah. I mean, the way I always envision it with like this home and and portable merger together, I envision a world where uh, with the home and and, and portable console, um, for instance, three D World. Yeah. If the you can play it at home on, on your console and it's in HD, you take that same game, whether it be on a cartridge or a disc or even just download. Mm -hmm. Let's say if you buy it on the home console, you can download it and from your Wii U or the home base and download it onto the portable base Mm -hmm. and continue to play it. Same save file, continue on. Then you add the street pass elements that you have on the portable and, and that incorporates into playing the game and then you 
connects back to your home base and it's still the same game, same save mm-hmm. file, whatever the case may be. Um, for instance, like how Bravely Default implements uh, street passes is when you pass people, you can use them as characters in the game for like special like summons to help right. you. And it helps to build your towns that you're trying to work on faster if you have more people. You know, you can cl- you can have that portable element. You can continue to only just ever play it on portable. You can only play on home if you want to. Yeah. You won't get that street pass element, but you can play it in full HD on your home console. And if they can make that work in a way where the one game works on both... Yep. And it's a weakness that I think we're seeing right now with Xbox where it's very difficult to take your Xbox and go somewhere else or mm-hmm. they just don't let you or all of that whereas this would be the very much hey yeah just take your little thing and go wherever you want to go camping for a week yeah you still got you your game you can continue to play whatever it is that you want to play and, and as you're coming back oh you picked up a phone network boop boop oh it's saved at your home yeah start playing right when you get back exactly yeah. now that this was... is what we do with our lives we literally play video games all the time and if we don't have them <laughs> oh to help you <laughs> <laughs> oh wow but yeah that uh, concludes all the news of the week mm-hmm. and concludes our episode it was a good one I'm so <laughs> glad that certain people couldn't be here yourself <laughs> oh right you can't see my sarcastic face right now don't worry I love you guys I just Cameron's sad that James and, and Greg couldn't make it today is Greg still alive I haven't seen him in like ages <laughs> we haven't been on an episode together since I don't even remember. I don't even episode. know what the last episode was. Maybe the Pokemon one? I think that was it. I think <laughs> that was it. Because that was right before both of us stopped. I know. You guys, you guys are just alternating in your schedules yeah. and in, in, in your busy lives. Stop being busy. <laughs> Stop it. All right. Stop All it right, right now. Sorry. 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 Um, so, yeah. Um, as always, we pay tribute to the sisterhood of the Gamer Indie Podcast. I may have got it wrong, most likely, as always. <laughs> um, check out Koopa Club, GameMovie.org, Bar, and Orange Dodge Radio. Um, all of those guys are putting out great content every week or every other week in some instances. Um, and you should definitely check them out. Yay. Um, tune in next week where we will continue the same thing that we do every week. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye.